G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, with the news that you've been listening to about Greece and their default and being a nation now that uh, has gone into new territory that's largely unexplored because it hasn't really happened before, you might be feeling as though, I wonder what that means for my finances here in Australia. Should I be jittery about my finances? Uh, Is there concern or is this just something that's a ripple that's happening on the other side of the world? Let's get some insights into what the Greek financial crisis means to us here in Australia. Gavin Martin from Cornerstone Wealth our finance commentator back with us again today. Hello, Gavin. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, good day, Neil. Great to be with you. Uh, the Greek issue is certainly stirring some concern in Australians here, even though it is an issue that's um, on the other side of the world. Well, I wanted to ask what sort of uh, pulse you might have been taking, uh, not only with your own clients, but uh, also with people uh, that you've been reading about and reports that you've been seeing in the media. How concerned are Australians about what's happening in Greece? Yes, people are starting to get concerned and it's largely driven by what they read in the media and um, what their perceived interpretation of that is and how that will impact their own scenario. But um, if you get down to the nitty-gritty and you look at um, what the actual scenario is, uh, whilst it's a very difficult um, scenario for Greece and the Greek people with uh, unemployment at 25 or 26%, youth unemployment at 50%, um, banks being closed, only able to draw out 60 euro a day, Uh, potential for pensions not being paid when they've already been reduced by 40% already. A significant impact for Greek people, uh, but the ramifications for Australia and the rest of the world um, are limited at this stage of the game. Okay, there'll be some even bigger factors perhaps to be concerned about and we might get to some thoughts that you've got on China in just a short while but as we keep a focus on Greece what are the risks to the rest of the world uh, given the default that we've seen in Greece? Yeah, so what we've seen currently so far is that Greece have not met their 1.5 million euro debt repayment to the International Monetary Fund Uh, and so therefore they're, they're actually trying to avoid the use of default, they're, they're in arrears. Um, and so that's the first step. There's going to be the referendum, I think, on the 5th, uh, which is really uncharted territory. They're voting on something that uh, has already been ruled out by the uh, European uh, leaders. So it's a really interesting scenario, as you say, unprecedented. The next big hurdle, apart from the referendum, uh, is that another 3.5 billion euro debt repayment um, uh, to the European Central Bank on June the 20th uh, of July. So there are significant um, hurdles that Greek needs uh, to, get, to get over. Um, and uh, it, if it's contained, if, um, even if, for example, uh, the no vote gets through with the referendum and they uh, vote to remove themselves from the, Euro, uh, the Eurozone, um, that actually might be a healthy thing for Greece it might actually reduce the risks in, in Europe. Um, 
and it might actually contain some of all, some of the um, I guess contagion effect um, uh, to Greece, and they can go back to the drachma and, and get on with their um, governance of their own com- uh, country. Uh, debt will be forgiven. So in that scenario, it's probably actually um, if difficult but somewhat uh, helpful for the rest of the economy. The risk lies in contagion, where um, where there's a monetary union like the eurozone and uh, confidence is lost, the weaker nations of Portugal, Italy and Spain, for example, could cause a run on the... Because they might be next, is what the thought is. And then that could cause a run on their banks, which then could cause a larger flow and effect to the European Union and then globally. That's where Australia could actually... Um, be impacted, but the the likelihood of that at the moment is is low. Okay, what I can hear you reflecting is that uh, if Greece goes through this and uh, they exit the Euro- the European Union, uh, there is significantly probably a, a better situation for Greece. But the big risk is these other nations like Italy, and you mentioned Portugal and Spain because. Uh, because this contagion idea that uh, there'll be more runs on banks, there'll be more defaults that will come, and that could, you know, get the uh, the domino effect going, and, and there could be a whole lot of countries who find themselves in deep, deep uh, threat with their financial issues. Yeah, that would be the the worst case scenario that there is that flow on effect. Now, the argument against that is that um, back during the GFC and the initial Greek crisis. A lot of the debt was held by um, banks. Um, and what's happened is uh, the European uh, Union, has, sorry, the European Central Bank has uh, supported those banks. And so the, um, the risk no longer lies with um, uh, the European banks because it's all been moved to the International Monetary Fund or largely been moved to the International Monetary Fund and the European Central Bank um, rather than being held by European banks. And that in itself has deleveraged the issue significantly. So if, if those banks don't risk but collapsing because of Greece, then it means that the flow-on effect is reduced because the central bank's IMF can actually contain um, any of those risks of default and not, loans not being repaid. Gavin, what does it mean for Aussies who are investors and, you know, for all of us with our superannuation in super funds? Uh, these, I guess, would be the main areas where there's exposure to these issues that could be happening there in Europe. Uh, what about Aussie investors? What about our super funds? Yes, yeah, so those people that are invested in, or have money in superannuation, generally money is invested um, throughout the world and if they've got an international part of their portfolio, then there's potential that you know 0.3% uh, of that portfolio is invested in, in Greece. Um, some portfolios have excluded it, uh, but if you're in some of the index funds, at least 0.3% of the portfolio is, is going to be invested in, in Greece. So there might be an impact there. But what I'm um, getting questions about is, should I move my portfolio to cash? And uh, th- that's a very dramatic um, approach to take and often it's not in your best interest because we don't know what's going to happen in the future we're not um, uh, profits in that respect we don't know that um, uh, things are going to get worse so you need to have a measured approach so that you can weather the storm and for people um, whether they're in pension phase or uh, got in investments outside of superannuation the key thing is that you need to have enough cash to supply your needs uh, 
for the longer term. So that might mean you have two years of your cash requirements or five years of your cash requirements. And what that means is that if you've got a hundred, let's say a a $500,000 portfolio and you know that you need $25,000 each year for the next four years, that means you should have at least 100,000 of the 500,000 sitting in cash so that you know that you can pay out your $25,000 for the next four years without having to touch the other side of the portfolio. And this is an important discussion to um, uh, avoid um, the negative results of getting in and out of the market. It means you can stay in the market, you've got sufficient cash flow because when times are difficult, cash is king. So making sure that you have enough cash in your portfolio uh, to weather any storm. Okay, so not a lot of risk for Australian investors and for our super funds, but certainly still need to pay attention to the way you are invested. And there are some other significant things that are happening globally. And while the Greek financial crisis might be dominating the headlines right now, China is a concern. Gavin Martin from Cornerstone Wealth in Melbourne. Stay with us, Gavin. We'll get some insights from you about China in just a short while. With what we might see as an earthquake when it comes to financial markets with a default in Greece, we're getting some insights from financial commentator Gavin Martin from Cornerstone Wealth in Melbourne, has offices in Melbourne and in Sydney. Gavin, let's talk about some more issues financially because while we talked about Greece not having a huge effect on Australian markets but then there's some jitters in investors, there are some bigger issues that are happening in the world and you've pointed to China. What's, what are we looking at with China? Yeah, currently everyone's concerned about Greece and the impact of Greece but it's a very, very small part of the global economy, only 0.3% of the global economy, whereas China is a, from Australian perspective, it's 30% of our our exports. Um, It has a significant impact on um, our exports in particular because we, um, iron ore is one of our major exports. Uh, China has reduced significantly the amount of iron ore they import and the growth figures that China, they're projecting of of 7%, are questionable. So it's potentially more like going to be 4 to 6% in terms of growth, which has massive ramifications for Australia and our exports. So whilst Greece is the concern for many uh, people and uh, it flashed across the media, uh, China is a bigger uh, risk for Australia investors um, than Greece is. So what should our response be to those things that are happening in China then, Gavin? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, Again, it's a similar response to that we talked about with Greece. Um, There there may be some volatility, but it's about um, having sufficient uh, liquidity in your portfolio or in your personal uh, financial situation to weather the storm. And so, again, where there's problems, cash is king. I'm not suggesting that there is going to be problems caused by by China, but they're, they're a bigger risk than what Greece is. So it's about having sufficient liquidity to get you through any difficult time and I don't necessarily think that it's, it's a, a good idea to pull all of your money out of the market and, and with the, because the big question then is, um, when do you put it all back in again? And by the time we actually feel like it's okay to put the money back in, the market's already gone up significantly. And so um, we, we shouldn't take our cues from what we feel after having taken in 
a lot of the media reports uh, about these types of events, Greece or China or any other uh, significant uh, global event around the world. There's always another risk that's out there. Interesting that these uh, upsets or these major things that are happening financially around the world are happening at the time of our end of financial year and into a new financial year. Uh, What uh, do you think that people ought to be doing so far as finance goes, uh, their own personal finances, uh, when it comes to the start of a new financial year? Is there something we need to be uh, reviewing and setting in place uh, to set ourselves up for the next year? Uh, Yes, so the first thing is to review your portfolio to make sure that you have got sufficient liquidity in it. Um, Sometimes having a bit of uh, cash there that you can put into the market if markets fall um, is is advantageous. So review your investment portfolio. But as we've ticked over the um, start of the new financial year, it's good to focus on getting your tax return uh, in order, review how much tax you're paying, and then think about the strategies uh, to potentially better manage that tax. Uh, And some of the strategies are like, um, you need to review your salary sacrifice level. So how much you're directing from your income to your superannuation funds, that's one of the biggest ways you can save tax in the current environment. Um, Reviewing your pension drawings every year, if you're drawing money from your pension account, um, so you've got your superannuation money in the pension phase where you're drawing money out of it, at the 1st of July each year, there's a snapshot of the balance taken and you've got to draw a percentage of that balance. So review how much you're drawing from that. And then uh, also for those who are pensioners, you need to really start to think about how the changes are going to impact you from the 1st of January 2017 because you might end up finding that you get no government pension from that date. Good insights, Gavin Martin. And uh, just to mention that, you know, the sorts of things we're talking about, uh, if there is something that you are concerned about with your own personal finances, good thing to be in touch with your own personal financial advisor. Uh, or you could get in touch with Gavin Martin too. Gavin Martin, Cornerstone Wealth in Melbourne with an office too in Sydney. And uh, like talking through all these things with you, Gavin, always good insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. It's a pleasure, Neil. Great to be with you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.